I'm an Oxford Road boy. Been here all my life. I was born in 62 on Sherwood Street, just down there, by the barracks. So I'm old. <laughs> I'm 87. <laughs> uh, I, I met my wife here, and my kids grew up here. Even in my retirement, I'm happy to sit and watch everything happen. People know me. This is Derek's Bench. Uh, Derek's Bench, they call it. <laughs> uh, it's such a great place to be a part of. Established in 2020 during the COVID pandemic, Baker Street Productions is now celebrating 30 years of creativity in Reading. In this landmark year of 2050, as the town celebrates its 20th carbon neutral year and the opening of a new heritage arts hub, and with the Oxford Road itself preparing for the Silver Jubilee of King William V, we team up with the West Reading-born journalist Amanda Halliday to bring you the stories of Reading's most vibrant area. Welcome to the Oxford Road. Number five, Derek and his bench. There's something durable about this home of ours. Every street I've walked a thousand times on my way to school or on my way to work to go see my friends. The history of my family from West Reading is immense. My mum and dad met on the Oxford Road. They're dead now, died a long time ago, but they met at their school in Wilson Road, which is still there. <laughs> I met my wife, Julie, at my school, Oxford Road Primary, and we got married in 1984, when Judy was working at the Royal Albion. We only lived round the corner in Fullmead Road, but Ricky, her boss, insisted I pick her up in our car after late shifts. I used to walk the length of this road pretty much every day with my wife. It changes through the year, but not in the way you think. You have to be part of it to know what I mean. Now I sit here and watch it all change still. Watch the people and the trams as they go by. Of course, there weren't trams when I was younger. This road is always alive with a chatter of families. Flatmates wandering out for coffee and fresh air. Everyone's always happy to make conversation. Friends or just friendly strangers. Oh, I don't think it matters. My wife, Julie, she loved to write poems about all of it, all the warmth she saw, all the languages, the faiths, all part of her own community. You could learn a lot from a road like this, you could, if you just stopped to watch. Just. Just look at all the buildings. <laughs> the uh, uh, Central Jammy Mosque, just up Wayland Street there. The Holy Trinity Chapel, the Pavilion, Providence Chapel, and the Reading Hebrew Congregation, the synagogue in Goldsmith Road. Everyone is happy to chat to everyone, make them feel noticed. Would you say you're something of a local celebrity? Oh, uh, oh somewhat, yes. <laughs> uh, my daughter would agree with you there. But I, I write what I see, and, and that's it, really. I was talking to her about this the other day, Lucy, my daughter. She mentioned something about... Uh, uh, she said that the way I see things that happen on the Oxford Road, it, it wakes people up. It helps people see the things that are happening. <laughs> oh, I think she might be exaggerating. 
Of course I have the luxury of time in my retirement, but I'm glad that perhaps I can still help people, can still give them something. Now she's helping me document, in a sense, my entire life in the moments of this road. I suppose you've seen a lot in your life. Oh, this road has changed a lot since I was a boy. I remember cycling along here on a Sunday with my friends when it was deathly silent, barely a soul about. <laughs> oh, imagine it. There were very few places for us to go as kids. Maybe there were a few small, independent shops, but no, no. Although Elm Park, the football stadium, was along here, this whole road would be full of people on game days. But my, did it smell. <laughs> oh, mostly the pong of human effluence. You could hear the roar from my bedroom. But the whole town's changed since then. The stadium is up by the motorway now, out of the town, taking the people away. I worked nights at Berkshire Printing Company when I left school, and the Oxford Road was Reading's Road that never slept. I used to meet my wife for breakfast in the mornings after my shift, although she was only my girlfriend then, and it was already busy. Of course, it was going all night with cars, people, buses, but it would begin to get really busy around five, just before my shift ended. The noise of the delivery vans for the bakers and the news agents and the kids turning up on their bikes to start their paper rounds. I knew my shift was coming to an end and I'd see Julie soon. But it was more of a traditional English road, I suppose. Now, now it's more colourful and the smells too. Oh, we never had a kebab shop back in 1980. Oh, Turkish, Lithuanian... Indian Irish. Oh, I bet you can't find such a multicultural experience anywhere else. Our favourite place to eat for years was Betty's Bistro, this delicious Ghanaian food, just opposite the Battle Hospital. Oh, oh no, the the library, the, the Battle Library. Yeah. Oh, Betty retired coming on ten years ago now. Nowhere else does food like it. Now the Battle Hospital where they built that housing estate in uh, the, uh, the 20s. That used to be the workhouse in the Victorian era. My grandma, when she was dying, oh, I was quite young, she was deathly terrified of the battle hospital, even though it hadn't been a workhouse in decades. I understand you were part of the construction team for the battle housing estate. Ah, that's right, that's right. But, uh, <laughs> oh, Julie... Always blame my brother that I didn't become a rocket scientist. Because once, when I was very young in a hardware store in the Crystal Palace, my brother hit me over the head with a rubber mallet, of the hard kind, and I cried and screamed some very rude words. My mother had to pick me up and walk out with me under her arm. <laughs> the Crystal Palace was that grand building opposite what's now the Broad Street Mall, because it was covered all along in glass windows. It was once a department store called uh, McElroy's, but they sold it off before I was born. But every place along this road has changed so often. And for each change, you'll be able to find someone with a story that brings it to life. I've read some of your work. Some of it sets the Oxford Road in quite fantastical realities. 
Oh, I try to think of ways to highlight the importance of everyday things. The little things that we don't notice are making us smile. The energy is constant along here, but I think it can be taken for granted. Uh, someone walking home, someone setting up or closing down shops, someone with a smile on their face as you walk past them and you wonder what they're smiling about. <laughs> I like to imagine what it was that made people smile. And these thoughts, they wander off on their own. <sighs> it's not always joy here, though. Sometimes there's sadness. Sometimes you meet people with drive and with ambition who don't always have the time for the smaller details. Uh, things I like the most, the specific shades of the colours. There's also loneliness. People far from home, far from their loved ones. <sighs> but all of it's important. I can only go by my own experience, but as someone who grew up on the Oxford Road and as someone who's read your stories, they help me to recognise and understand that the road I grew up on is more than just asphalt and, and concrete. It's our own history, which I suppose is who we are. Oh, Julie would love to have heard you say that. Oh, she loved this area as much as me. She was always the writer. She wrote so many poems about this place. She used to work as a secretary for the Lansley brothers, just there to our right, and I'd sit out and wait for her on that step behind you, there. Oh, there weren't always benches here. Even into my fifties, I'd wait on that step. I'd smoke half a pack of cigarettes, and we'd walk back home together, and I would tell her the things I'd seen whilst I was waiting. And sometimes she'd write them into her poems. There was always something interesting, all through the year. Julie died six years ago. So now, whatever I see, I'll write myself. You just happened to join in with me this time around. Watching people, families and the culture that they instill on the Oxford Road helps that heart keep beating each time you visit your bench. I'm glad to have been a part of that for a while. <laughs> so am I. Saturday at the bus stop by Julie Webb. An old man is whistling on his way to work. A policeman there is taking notes, his partner's tucking in his shirt. A bright yellow bin man has stopped his laden cart to chat with the window cleaner. They share a hearty laugh. A builder all in dusty clothes has his children close in tow, but their daydream chatter slows them down. Boys, come on, let's go. They gallop past a bus-stopped man who whistles, arm to sky, waving with an all right at a wizened passerby. And they share stories of retirement. You know, Tony, moved to Woking. The whistler's a great-grandfather. Again, you must be joking. And the wife has started gardening, and the days are getting long. Then the purple bus arrives to take the whistler on. His pavement spot is taken by a bleach-blonde school-aged teen who lit a crumpled cigarette as she left the seventeen, which, with a happy sigh, is off, with others close in tow, purple, yellow, blue and green, along the Oxford Road.